2: Hey everybody and welcome to Listen Up and we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got the NFL, we've got the NBA, we start with the 49ers who are right back in the thick of things with complete uh, domination of the Rams. I mean it was uh, a defensive stalwart performance by the San Francisco defense. Offense did what they had to do uh, but defensively the Rams you know Their offensive line, their pass protection, they had no answer at all for San Francisco, none whatsoever. The Niners completely controlled the line of scrimmage. They completely flustered Stafford. The game was completely controlled by the 49ers' defense. And uh, for San Francisco, they're right back in it now uh, with two road games against teams they should win at Carolina at Atlanta before coming home and hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So, if you are a fan of the 49ers, uh, that is good news. The bad news is you lose another starting left tackle. Colin uh, McKivitz is going to be out two months now with a sprained knee. So, no Trent Williams with a high ankle sprain last week. Now, McKivitz is out with a knee injury. And that is the one real negative situation, all right? That's a real issue uh, for San Francisco. So we'll see. They're going to have to deal with that. But, um, you know, Eric Armstead also is dealing with a right foot and ankle injury. Armstead left uh, the game, and then he didn't come back. You know, so that, that's something you got to be concerned about. Uh, but the offensive line now at the tackle position, uh, that is that is something you got to be concerned about if you're the 49ers. All right. You got to be concerned about that. So, again, road games, Carolina, Atlanta, you should be able to win both those games. Excuse me. You should be able to win both those games. I mean, and then you're right back on the thick of things. I made this comment after the week two game, all right? I made this comment after the Seattle game. I said back then when the 49ers were one and one that they would win the division. That was after the injury to Lance. Uh, I still think they're going to win the division. I think they are the best team in that division. They have a very weak division. Uh, The Rams, to me, do not look anywhere near the team that they were last year. And now the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, they're all at two and two. They're all at two and two. Ten games probably, eh, probably wins that division this year. You know? Probably wins that division. But, uh, you know, the Rams, the Rams don't look very good. They don't look very good. Now, the Rams have Dallas coming up this weekend. Then they're home against Carolina, and then they have the Niners again after a bye. Then they're at Tampa, home Arizona, at New Orleans, at Kansas City, home Seattle, home Raiders, at Green Bay, home Denver, at the Chargers, at Seattle. they got a brutal schedule. I don't think they're going to win 10 games. But uh, I like San Francisco right now. They should, should. Be able to get on a nice roll. Now, I'm not crazy about the left tackle situation. That's a problem. That's going to be an issue, all right? Needs to be uh, an issue. All right, if you want to hit the uh, hand icon, we'll get you on. We'll talk about the 49ers. Uh, Kings last night in L.A. taking on the Lakers. I don't give a damn about the rotation. I talked about this on the rant today. I don't care about who started. I don't care about the final score. All right, none of that stuff matters to me. All of those things are absolutely meaningless to me. Keegan Murray, on the other hand, that guy's going to be a hell of a player. There's no doubt. I don't know if he's going to be an all-star. I don't know if he's going to be whatever. Here's what I do know. That guy is going to be a very good player. That's what I do know. He's going to be a very good player. Could he be a very, very good player? Yes. Yes, he could. Could he be a very, very, very good player? (laughs) Yes, he could. Now he's not—he's no bust. I'll tell you that. He's really, really good. Really, really good. All right. So those are a couple of the topics. Don't forget uh, about my YouTube live show. Really was uh, happy with the way everything went a day ago. Really fun to do the show tomorrow. Jerry Reynolds, that's right. Tomorrow, Jerry Reynolds will be joining me three o'clock Pacific. Jerry will uh, talk to me about the Kings and the NBA and a couple of other things. So, here's what we're going to do for right now. I'm going to have my show on YouTube Live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We're going to get the ball rolling. We're going to get a routine. I got Sean Salisbury coming on with me Mondays and Fridays. So, Sean and I will wrap up the NFL season excuse me, the NFL weekend and the college weekend on Monday. Friday will get you ready for the college and the NFL will also reflect back on the Thursday night football game. Jerry will be on with me Wednesdays. Of course, Ryan and Sacktown will be joining me to have some segments. So we'll expand the show in a not too distant future. All right, we'll expand the show. But for right now, YouTube Live coming your way Monday, Wednesday. and If you don't like that, With Grant Napier. Really appreciate all the positive feedback from yesterday. Appreciate those of you who took the time to either watch the show live or watched it on YouTube after it was done. All right. And if you still have not had a chance to uh, check out the show, just go to my YouTube channel if you don't like that with Grant Napier and you will be able to uh, watch the show uh, at your leisure. So really excited about that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I have so much respect for Sean Salisbury. That guy's knowledge is incredible. Love, love his input. You know, I'm thinking about his career. And you think about all the things that he's done. You know, quarterback at USC, uh, quarterback in the NFL. You know, he and John Clayton, their four downs on ESPN. That was must-see television. That was must-see television. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do this show with Sean. Great person. He has a tremendous heart. He's extremely uh, charitable in his dealings with the less fortunate. Again, I have just the utmost respect for him. I, but I think he's really, really good. And, uh, again, that was a lot of fun yesterday doing that show. So for those of you, all right, For those of you that had a chance to check it out, uh, again, I appreciate the feedback. And if not, all you have to do is go to my YouTube channel if you don't like that with Grant Napier. All right, so the 49ers are back in the mix of things. We're going to pick ahead to the uh, National Football League schedule uh, coming up this week now that we finally have uh, the week in the books. And when you look at the schedule this week and you think about, this is where you start figuring out the teams that are for real and the teams that are not, all right? Like, for instance, the Colts, they're they are not for real this year. They got problems. They're at Denver this Thursday night. All right, then you have to have the London game with the Giants at the Packers. You have, and we don't know if the Giants are going to have a quarterback on the field. Both Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor got hurt on Sunday. Pittsburgh travels to Buffalo. Cleveland hosts the Chargers. Bears are at the Vikings. Lions take on the uh, Pats in New England. Seattle travels to New Orleans. Jets host the Dolphins. No two in that game. The uh, Falcons are in Tampa to take on the Bucks. Titans and Commanders from Washington. Houston is at Jacksonville. 49ers are in Carolina. Rams host Dallas. Cardinals host Philadelphia. The Sunday night game has the Bengals at the Ravens. And your Monday night game, the Raiders and the Chiefs. That's your schedule week five in the National Football League. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls. Why don't we start the show off with uh, Nando. Nando, great to have you on today. How are you? How's it going, Grant? By the way,
0: I know I hit you up yesterday, but awesome job with the YouTube, man. That was great, man. I enjoyed listening. Thank you. Live and you and Sean Salisbury have that great chemistry. It's it's always a joy to watch, man. Looking forward to the to the next one coming up. Uh but I have two questions for you. I got one NBA and one NFL. Is that all right? Yep. 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 All right. So NBA. This is not my team whatsoever, but I'm curious to know your perspective. The Los Lakers. Obviously, they have LeBron James. They made some additions. Um, what do you what do you make of the Lakers this season? Do you see them being a play-in team or a playoff team?
2: Well, without having a crystal ball, and by that I mean knowing the health, I would need to know right now on what is the date today, the fourth, how many games Anthony Davis is going to play. Because to me, that is the key. If, if you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis play 70 of the 82 games, they're a top-8 team. They may not be at the top tier, which I don't think they would be, but I do think that they would be a top eight team in the West. Okay. Now we always talk about the depth of teams and you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, who the hell knows what you're going to get this year out of Russell Westbrook. You add a Patrick Beverly, right? You have a Dennis Schroeder, you know, you have a couple of other players that, you know, are not bad. I'm not crazy, you know, about Damian Jones, Kendrick Nunn's a serviceable player. When I look at those players, LeBron James, Anthony Davis to start with, if they play 70 of 82 games, they will be, in my opinion, one of the eight teams. In the West, and I don't know how you feel about this, but in the West, the teams that I see taking a drop this year, and by drop, I'm talking about based on last year, all right? The Utah Jazz clearly are going to take a drop, all right? The Jazz last year, are a team that, you know, they were knocking on the door. They lost to Dallas in their first round. But they are going to fall. They're going to take a drop. The Spurs were a play-in team. They're not going to be a play-in team last year. So to me, how far did the Jazz drop? And then of the if you replace the Spurs, I'm going to replace the Spurs with the Lakers, okay? I think everything else, to me, the Clippers are going to be better than Nando. How could they not? They were 42-40 and last year, and they get Kawhi Leonard back. So they're going to be better. We know the Warriors are going to be there. The Grizzlies are going to be there, right? We know that the, uh, the Phoenix Suns are not going anywhere. The Nuggets are not going anywhere, right? We know that Dallas may not be as good as last year, but they're going to be there. Then what about the Pelicans? Where do we put the Pelicans in the West this year, all right? Where do we put the Pelicans? Minnesota. They change their roster. They make the big deal. They get Rudy Gobert. To me, Nando, they're clearly a top eight team. So then where do you put a team like New Orleans? Where do you put a team like Sacramento? But to answer your question in a long-winded way, yes, I think the Lakers are going to be a playoff team this year.
0: Ah, man, that's that's interesting because there's a lot of good teams in the West, like the ones you just named off. But, yeah, um, Utah is definitely not going to be in there. So that that's a spot for them. And then, like you said, the Spurs as well. I just, I just see a lot of people. You know, I think Westbrook has had a lot of uh, a bit of a decline, let's say, and he yep. has struggled a lot lately. But I'm just, you know, I'm not a Laker guy, but I hear a lot of the noise, and I just wonder, like, do you think all of these struggles is is Russ is Russ really at fault, or is he just the fall guy?
2: I think a little bit of both. I think he's at fault. I think his style of play has regressed. I mean, he's such a bad shooter, Nando. I mean, he really is. He's such a horrible shooter. But, you know, I I have a difficult time going against a team that has a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis. Now, again, that's an if, you know, if they're healthy. But if you tell me that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and again, I know that that's hard to imagine Anthony Davis staying relatively healthy for the whole year. But if you told me that they were both going to play 70 of the 82 games, I would say that they're going to be a playoff team, I, I, but I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do, but that's how I would analyze that. I mean, to me, the Thunder are not going to be there. I thought the Thunder might be knocking on the top 10 this year, but with Chet Holmgren's injury, I don't think so. I don't think Houston is ready for that. Portland, to me, is an interesting team. I could see Portland and Sacramento uh, battling right there for the ninth and 10th spots. I could see that.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. Remember, they added uh, Jeremy Grant. I think that's a big addition for uh, Portland um, as well.
2: And, as and they also signed Gary Payton. Uh, and oh, remember yeah. how good he played for the Warriors last year. So I think that was a nice addition as well. You're
0: right. You're right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he's a nice nice defensive guard. And he got, yes. he got paid some good money. Well-deserved, though. I mean, I, you, yes. you know, I love a player like that undrafted with a chip on their shoulder. So... Yeah, it should be it should be interesting. Uh, just one NFL question for I, I I'll let you go here. Uh, appreciate the time as always, Grant. Um, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, listen, two games where they blown big leads in the first half. They're sitting at two and two. Me and you were both high on on the Ravens. Um, are, uh, should the Ravens fans be concerned about this team, or will they be okay? Remember, they're going against Cincinnati this weekend, so that's a huge
2: matchup. Yeah, they're going to be okay because nobody in that division is running away and hiding. I mean, Cleveland's a two and two, Cincinnati's a two and two, Pittsburgh, I think we can say is out of it. They're not very good. They got quarterback issues at one and three. So for that reason, now you think about the Ravens, they're what? Two plays away from being four and oh, right? I mean, they, and you were at the game in Baltimore where they had, uh, looked like they had that game in the palm of their hands and two in the Dolphins went nuts in the second half and in the fourth quarter. And then that game that they lost to Buffalo they had a, a, a seventeen to three lead, and they give up what twenty unanswered, or whatever the case may be. We're going to learn a lot about the Ravens, and you just called it this week. Okay, I don't know if the Ravens, after losing the way they lost to Miami, and after the way they lost to Buffalo, they're at home now. They're at home on Sunday Night Football. They have the table set to take on a Bengals team that's kind of find themselves a little bit. I will answer the question on Monday. How's that sound? If the yeah. Ravens do not win this game, they're in trouble. But I think they're going to beat the Bengals on Monday night. I really do. Yeah, fair enough. I or agree. Excuse me, that. Sunday night.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I agree. This is crazy. It's it's early on, and it's tip. It's kind of a must-win situation here because, you know, you got to play Cincinnati and Cincinnati later on. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens got a pretty, pretty interesting game. But uh, thanks again for the time, Grant. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to the YouTube and everything you got going on, pal.
2: Thanks, Nando. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Good stuff right there with Nando. And uh, we move on. We get to some other phone calls, and we say hello to Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show on this uh, day. How are you?
3: Great, Grant. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, buddy. What's happening?
3: Oh, just want to talk about the 49ers. I mean, that was an impressive defensive game last night.
2: Well, it was an impressive game altogether. I thought their offense was still pretty good. I thought their offense was efficient. I mean, how good is Debo Samuel? I mean, every time the 49ers need a big play, he seems to be able to make the big play. You know, the the throw to Garoppolo to Kittle in the end zone was a thing of beauty. Of course, Kittle just had the uh, uh, left foot on the edge of the sideline. So they uh, then had to settle for three. But I thought it was a very efficient offensive game plan, but defensively, I don't know if there's a better defensive team in the NFL than the 49ers, Jeff.
3: Yeah, that kid from USC, Topola, whatever it is it? He, he reminds me of Troy Polamalu from the Steelers.
2: Well, he's coming along. You know, he's uh, out of USC. is only only in his uh, second season, and you know, for a guy that's only in a second season uh, to be playing that well is pretty darn impressive. I mean. I re, I think I was listening to uh, Troy Aikman uh, talk about him on the telecast last night, that when he looked at film of the Niners early on last year, that he had to ask himself, who is this guy? He jumped off the uh, – the, the, just jumped right out of Troy. Troy was looking at other things like, wait a minute, who is this guy? You know? Right. So uh, Hufanga is really a guy that has burst onto the scene, no doubt about that.
3: Right. Anyways, uh, in your opinion, I know it's probably too early, and you've, I think you've talked about this before, but did the 49ers jump the gun with Lance? I mean, I just think uh, uh, if they would have kept those draft picks, surrounded uh, Jimmy G with a little bit more, you know, another running back, maybe another receiver, maybe even picked up a, another defensive back with those picks I mean geez I mean well I think if they
2: if they had had Garoppolo as the starting quarterback in week one the Niners would be 4-0 right now because he would have had all the reps in training camp there's not a way in the world they would have lost that game in Chicago I believe that we would have seen a better Garoppolo last week against Denver I still think he was very rusty um, right. I think the Niners if they had gone and stayed with Garoppolo I think they'd be 4-0 right now in that division I really they would be no worse than 3-1 I can tell you that but I think they'd be four zero.
3: Grant, who remember the old term game manager? I mean, who was the quarterback that led the Ravens to their first? Trent Dilfer. Yeah, I mean, the, he the defense, uh, you know, with the Ravens that year was just phenomenal. I mean, and he he kind of Jimmy G kind of reminds you of Trent a little bit, just doing what you can do to win the game. As long as you don't turn the ball over, let yep. you hand it over to your defense. And, you know, and just go out there and complete 55, 60% of your passes, you know, pass for 275, no turnovers, and you might win the game.
2: The only thing that really surprised me last night, I did not expect Robbie Gold to miss that kick in the fourth quarter from 42 yards out. That would have iced the game right there, and that kind of made it a little nerve-wracking if you were a 49ers fan. You're like, oh, my gosh. Now, you can, you almost felt like, oh, boy. We let the Rams off the hook, again. you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, that surprised me that Robbie missed that kick.
3: Here we go again. That's what I – hey, I did want to say one more thing. I listened to your podcast. And who was that guy you recorded on Twitter? Zumi? Who was
2: that? Yeah, Zuby. Zuby Zuby? Uh, Zuby. Zuby. He's a rapper. He's an author. He's a coach. He does podcasts. I had never heard of him before until somebody – Sent me uh, the tweets that he put out, and I was thinking, it's funny. I went back and I was looking at a lot of tweets on his timeline. Boy, right. this guy is spot on. But wasn't that wasn't that great what he said on Twitter?
3: I, if I was your attorney for your case, I would get a billboard or put uh, uh, put that on an easel in your court case with that guy, blow it up, and use that as an evidence thing. And uh, I mean, that just said it all. Perfect, perfect. I mean, in all words, it kind of reflected what you were saying. I mean, you didn't go into the depth that the guy went, but I mean, yours was short and sweet. And uh, in the same meaning, in the same tone, is exactly the same definition.
2: Well, I don't know how anyone can look at six words, all lives matter, every single one. Right. And say, gee, that's a racist comment. All right. Now, for those that did not see what Zuby put out on Twitter yesterday, let me read it for everybody. Black lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. These phrases essentially mean the same thing if interpreted literally. All are self-evidently and uncontroversial true. All right. The fact people fight or get upset by this, shows how emotionally incontinent our society is. Black lives matter because all lives matter. White lives matter because all lives matter. All lives couldn't matter if black or white lives didn't matter, in parentheses, or any others. Stop being dumb and dividing over basic stuff we already agree on. How great is this one, though? all lives couldn't matter if black or war- white lives didn't matter. What I said was all lives matter every, every single one. So what that uh, means is all right, when you put every single one after all lives matter, that means black lives matter too. White yeah. lives matter too. Asian mm-hmm. lives matter. Yeah. Jewish lives matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm Muslim already. lives matter. I can just go right, I can go right on down the list. I mean,
3: the whole right, human but, but, matters.
2: right, but the way Zuby put it, okay, yeah. the way he put it was, his, I've never seen anyone put it quite like he put it. That was phenomenal stuff.
3: Yes, yes, indeed, spot on. And, you know, uh, I'm telling you, uh, the, then what you said about Stephen A., you, these left or whoever, these woke people want to just start trouble with it, you know, with everything if, if you, they don't agree I mean whatever you know when we were kids in the schoolyard you had a disagreement you had it out you shook hands you know you you, you know and you, you might have still had a disagreement but you had it out but you were still friends afterwards or you know whatever bygones be bygones nowadays this woke crap. I mean you either do what they say or they, they they're the ones that hate They're the ones that like with the Stephen A thing, how hypocritical they used to be saying, let's free speech. Everybody gets a chance. Let's love everybody. And now they just want to love their own type of people who agree with them. And I think Uh, that I'll say
2: this. The fact that anybody would stop watching or label someone as a certain type of individual Based on the fact that this individual went on Fox News with Sean Hannity and Jesse Waters to promote their upcoming podcast, even though Stephen A. is on record as saying he's not a conservative, he doesn't believe in a lot of the things that are going on in the country in terms of, you know, that uh, part of the political aisle. Right. So what? He's promoting his work. Sean Hannity says, Sean Hannity on TV says, Stephen's been a good friend of mine for a long time. And people are outraged. Well, first of all, if you're outraged, don't watch the show, all right? Nobody says you have to watch Sean Hannity. Nobody says you have to put Fox on in your house. Nobody says that you have to pay attention to anything that Fox News says or MSNBC or CNN or any other media outlet. And yet people are outraged because Stephen A. Smith goes on Fox News with Sean Hannity and then Jesse Waters. And you know what? As I said on my podcast today, get a freaking life
3: exactly i mean what where's the tolerance for another person's opinion you know it's, there is
2: none in this country
3: it's ridiculous i mean everybody is entitled to their opinion and you know what if you don't like their opinion like you just said just don't listen to them if you want to be in yep. your little group be in your little group but we're all individuals god created us equal We're. i mean if everybody was the same it would be a dull dull world
2: Uh, Again, we live in a society where Stephen A. doesn't care, and and good for him, but we live in a society where people are afraid to speak how they feel and what they believe in because they're afraid of being canceled, and that's the society that we're living in today, and it is such a shame. It is such a shame.
3: Ridiculous all right hey grant look forward to uh Jer- jerry's on tomorrow right
2: jerry reynolds is on tomorrow what do you think about that
3: i think it's great i got my uh alarm set for uh 258 on my I- iphone to listen to your show uh, fact, i fact that went on today didn't know you're on and then i noticed it said so many hours and i was waiting and waiting and I said, what's going on it's not working and then i realize you said it's monday wednesdays and friday so
2: (laughs) yeah for right now it's going to be monday wednesday and friday i will eventually make it you know uh for the full week all right but for right now uh we're going to start off with monday wednesday and friday and i will be adding guests uh along the way i will definitely be adding guests but for right now monday and friday sean salisbury jerry on wednesdays but you know, I want to get the show rolling a little bit. I want to get into a rhythm. Uh, I want to build up the audience, which I'm going to do. And then after that, we'll go every day.
3: One, one last thing. I'm sorry to take up too much time. What's your relationship with Bobby Jackson? Any any chance you might get Bobby on for a- uh,
2: I probably wouldn't get him on, but I, I have no issues with Bobby. Uh, I think as he's currently working uh, with the Kings organization, I would not have him on. But, But okay. yeah, I have no issues with Bobby.
3: Okay, because uh, I just I really like him and I liked his play and I think he should be a coach someday and or something. Well, he is a coach.
2: Well, he's, he's coaching those, the Stockton yeah. Kings, right? right? Yeah. Well,
3: so, I meant the NBA. I know he's. Oh, okay. Down there, but he should have a seat on the bench as an assistant, something. I mean, I think he. I mean, the guy was a spark plug, and uh, I th- I think he's got a lot of knowledge. But anyways, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the chat. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Bye-bye
2: now. This show is sponsored
4: by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit. thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's h slash grant. Step into the world of power, loyalty.
5: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: All right. If you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon and we will do it. How about those tweets, though, by Zuby? And again, i being very honest with you. I had no idea who Zuby was. I had a friend send me a screenshot of his tweets. And I'm like, man, that is spot on. I mean, you couldn't say it any better than that. Black lives matter because all lives matter. White lives matter because all lives matter, right? Black lives matter because all lives matter. White lives matter because all lives matter. All lives couldn't matter if black or white lives didn't matter. Freaking spot on, spot on. All right, let's get to Connor. Connor, good to have you on here on Listen Up. How are you, man?
6: Doing great. How are you, Grant? I'm good, Connor. Just had some thoughts on the Kings game last night. I know it doesn't really matter that much, but I noticed that Keegan was obviously very good. He's, you can just, you don't even notice. Like, he can quietly just score 15, 20 points without even really needing the ball that much.
2: Which is important. He doesn't need the ball that much, but he will have the ball. But you're right. That's a very good uh, observation on your part. Very, very true.
6: And then another thing, I know it's a preseason game, but looking at Fox, missing free throws, missing open threes again, doesn't look like anything different with him.
2: I was going to comment on that, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait. It's one preseason game. I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. But again, he's 4-12, of 0-3 from beyond the arc, and 2-4 of 4 from the free throw line. That's the same De'Aaron Fox that I saw last year, I saw for the previous four years. And I've made this comment several times. By the time you get to the sixth year of your NBA career, you are who you are. You're probably not going to wake up and be a different player. So you might have to just accept the fact that De'Aaron Fox is never going to be a good perimeter shooter. I'm not ready to bury him after one game, but it pretty much looked to me the same type of De'Aaron Fox. And those, stood the, but but nobody shot the ball well from three last And I think what Harrison Barnes missed all four of his threes and. Um, I don't don't think their three-point shooting was very good, but Fox is a guy that, to me, if the Kings are going to elevate to a top-eight team in the West, he has to become a better perimeter shooter.
6: Yeah, it's a shame that he's not as good because if he started knocking down threes, defenders would have to step up on him and he could get to the basket a lot easier.
2: The Kings were 9 of 39 from three last night for 23%.
6: Yeah, I think the Lakers were worse.
2: (laughs) I didn't even really pay that much attention to the Lakers. Let's see what the Lakers were uh, last night from three. You know, again, it's one preseason game. I'm not going to, you know, make too many observations about it. Yeah, the Lakers were not very good. They were 7 of 30.
6: Yeah, one thing I noticed that was impressive is, especially because it's a preseason game and everyone played, is we had like seven turnovers all game which is pretty good.
2: It's not pretty good. It's great for a preseason game. It's unheard of to only have seven turnovers. The one thing I would say about the Kings this year, and again, I'm just basing this on their roster as it looks right now. They're deep. They they have a very solid bench. Whoever the bench is going to be is pretty darn good, and I think that's going to be a real positive this year. Yeah,
6: and then everyone – I don't get why everyone is upset with like KZ Okpala starting and stuff. I like that Mike Brown played all twenty of his players. It's like a sign that he cares about all of his players and he's going to give everyone a chance. So I really like. I don't know why anybody.
2: I'm with you on that, and I did a rant on this today. Why the hell would anybody give a damn what the starting lineup is in the first preseason? Like, do people really seriously debate who started the game last night for Sacramento on the third of October? In the first preseason game, I mean, seriously, talk to me, Connor. Do people are people really debating that? What the hell's wrong with people? We're 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 having a conversation about who started the first preseason game of the year, and were there people, Connor? There were, weren't there? Because I saw it on my social media account. There were there were people upset that Casey Okopala started, right? People were like, "How come Keegan Murray didn't start?" I say, "Get a light, relax, sit back, and enjoy the damn team for a minute."
6: Yeah, I mean, Kings fans have to try to find something to get excited about or talk about. I get it. But yeah, first preseason game, he just wants to give everybody a chance. Who cares?
2: Yeah. Mike Brown's not stupid. He's been around the block a couple of times. All right. I mean, it's preseason. It's not the home opener against Portland in a couple of weeks. So, and I've always said this, Connor, I've been, I did the games for 32 years and I, I really believe this. I've always said it's not who starts and it who, it, who's on the floor you know, with six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. That's really what's important. Which five players are going to be on the floor at the end of games? And I can almost assure you right now, without seeing any other preseason games, that Keegan Murray of the Kings will be on the floor with six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter.
6: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's such a good option, like Harrison Barnes, basically a clone of him that can be consistent, make big shots without needing the ball.
2: Amen. Thanks, Connor. And
6: I have one more point yeah, go ahead. Real
2: quick. Yep, go ahead.
6: I haven't heard really anyone talking about this, but Aaron Judge only has two games left to hit the home run or else he doesn't
2: get the record. So, yep. Kind of weird. Well, there's still, you know, the NL East, although the Braves currently are in Miami uh, playing the Marlins. So, you know, that's they, they lead 1 0 in the bottom of the third. But you're right. There are only two more games left for Judge. And the question is, how will the Rangers pitch to him? You know, there was a lot of criticism over the weekend with the way the Orioles pitching staff went after Judge or did not go after Judge. So, yeah, that's going to come down to the wire. But the playoffs start uh, coming up this weekend. Should be fun.
6: Yep. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. See you
0: tomorrow.
2: My pleasure, Connor. Good stuff as always, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, we get to uh, some other phone calls right here. And it is Ryan in Sacktown. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Hey. Doing well. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Thank you.
7: Excellent. Um, hey, the Kings stuff. What else are Kings fans going to talk about at this point? Missing the playoffs for 16 years. I mean, of course they're going to be picking apart the lineup on the Why? first preseason game. They should Why? be.
2: Because there's, what else is there to talk about?
7: I mean, let <laughs> <laughs> be know. honest how about, about
2: that. How about, how, about, how about talking about the players that played and evaluate what you saw as compared to who started and who didn't start. I mean, to me, you know, evaluate the guys that played last night, regardless of when they were in the game. I I just, it's, I always get a kick out of that. And listen, I'm not, this is probably going to sound like I'm uh, on both sides of the fence here. I appreciate the passion of the Kings fans. Okay. I appreciate how they're into their team. I really do. I don't appreciate the stupidity of some of the things that they analyze and worry about. Like, I don't understand why fans would be debating on October 3rd, the starting lineup. What's important, and even if we get into January and February and March, it's not who starts. It's who is on the floor at the end of games. That's what's important, not who starts the game. But go ahead.
7: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Let me ask you, I mean, how, how much, if we're a temper, temperature gauge right now, how much different is the temperature with fans, in your opinion, in Sacramento based off of when you were doing the radio show and, you know, they had missed the playoffs for eight, nine, ten years versus where we are now? What, what do you feel and what do you see different?
2: I don't see uh, much difference. Fans at the beginning of the year are always optimistic. They're always looking at the glass half full as opposed to the glass half empty. You know, to me, the Kings' biggest problem is their owner. That's the biggest problem. And I think that's a real problem. Uh, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And to me, that's the biggest problem with the franchise. So I, 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 I don't know what else to say. I think that's a real problem in Sacramento. And I believe that this team still is going to have a very difficult time climbing into the top eight in the West. I, I don't see it. I really don't. And, I, you know, Connor brought up a very good point, and I don't want to kill the guy after one game because I'm not going to go there. But if De'Aaron Fox does not shoot the ball better from the perimeter and from the foul line, then the Kings are not going to be a top eight team. Just clearly they are not. And I was hoping, like a lot of fans, that they could move Aaron last year, but they were unable to move the Aaron Fox. I don't believe you're gonna be able to move him this year either if he can't start shooting the ball better. I don't think that there are gonna be teams that are willing to take on a $30 million salary for a point guard that can't shoot very well.
7: Yeah, no, I agree with you, Grant. Um, and I appreciate that um, banter about, or at least, you know, your opinion on the fan base. Uh, but I, I do have to say, I, I'm starting to think that Connor and Waggis may be related.
2: Yeah, well, um, they both are unbelievably knowledgeable and they have great memories, so I do appreciate that. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
7: Hey, uh, so speaking of contracts and moving players, uh, two questions for you. The first is, if you are Mike Brown, what is your starting lineup in the backcourt?
2: I don't uh, know yet. Uh, That's why I have training camp. That's why I'm going to have competition. That's why... I'm having practices every day. I'm going to let people, as he said, earn their jobs. I'm not going to give people their jobs. And so too early to tell. Practice has only been going on for a couple of days. They've only had one preseason game. I'm not going to make that decision until preseason is over. And it's not. I want guys to be able to go out and compete for jobs. So right now, you know, I know De'Aaron Fox is my starting point guard without being, you know, backing on what i just said i don't want to go enough i mean he has to earn his job too but i mean we we have to deal with common sense here common sense is that he's my starting point guard if you told me right now today that well gee grant i don't want you to base that on anything other than who you are going to start i would start kevin herter alongside De'Aaron fox that's what i would do but i i still want guys to go out and earn it
7: absolutely and and, you know connor brought up that great point that mike played everybody and that's The exact point. This is what the preseason is for. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you. I I think Harrison Barnes, that is the interesting one to me. With Harrison, you know, he is on an expiring contract, right? And he could really, really get some interest from other teams coming up to the trade deadline if he plays well. Because he could be that one piece that a team – ready-to-win-a-championship needs. So what's your opinion on that, and how do you handle that?
2: You handle it. If someone wants him, you move him. Uh, you you move him. And I think that if you can get something, and Harrison Barnes is going to help out a lot of teams. And there are teams out there that will definitely want Harrison Barnes. You know, back to the first part of your, uh, your question, your best five players on the Kings are De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Demonte Sabonis. Those are your yes. five best players. Okay, so if you're talking about putting your best five players on the floor to start the game, that's going to be your starting lineup. You have Fox and Herder as your guards. You have Barnes and Murray as your forwards, and you have Sabonis who can play center. Those are your best five. The question is, do you want to take a do you, do you want a Sixth Man of the Year type of a guy instead of a starter? So when we look at the Kings, I always thought that Buddy Heald's role, his best role was as a six man. I thought Buddy was better as a six man than as a starter, but he started more games than he, you know, my point is you don't always start your best five players. You start the five players that work the best together that gives you the ability to bring off that spark plug from the bench. So we'll see how Mike Brown works that. But if you're going to start your five best players, it's Fox, Herter, Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis.
7: Yeah, I agree with you, Grant. Those are the best five. But um, you, you're spot on, actually, as well, about making sure that you have that spark off the bench. And to me, not trying to go back to it, but the 2002 Kinks, the bench mob, right? They yep. Rick Adelman coached that absolutely perfectly where you have two different units that mesh well together, but if you mix them together, they will also play well together. And so I, I think that's kind of one of the things the Kings are missing at this point, point. and the problem is egos, right, Grant? I'm getting paid this much a year. I'm getting paid this much. It's, you know, taking a step back, and like you said, starting is not everything. It's who finishes the damn game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, now you're you're right about that, and you're also right about Rick Adaman. But in all fairness, he had two starting fives. The Kings sure. don't have two starting fives right now. Rick Adaman had a team where the second five would start on most teams in the NBA. The Kings don't have that type of a roster right now. Their bench is pretty good, by the way, but I wouldn't take their second five and say that they would start on you know teams in the NBA. Some would, but most wouldn't. So you know you have to look at it differently that way.
7: True, Grant, but let me ask you this. We talked about the best five on the Kings. If you had to take one of them out of there to put on the second unit to spark that unit, who would it be?
2: Boy, that's a fabulous question. Uh, Only based on what I know currently, it might be Keegan Murray, and I might put Sabonis at the four and put Rashawn Holmes at the five and Murray's my first guy coming off the bench. You know, I mean, that's only based on a very, very small sample size. I'm talking about a very small sample size. If the, if you said, no, I don't like that, then I might put Monk or Davis at the shooting guard and bring Kevin mm-hmm. Herter off as my first guy coming off the bench.
7: So uh, I'm going to go hot take here. I'd say De'Aaron. I know that— okay. He, he's the franchise player right now. They're building things around him. They brought in Monk. But I'm going De'Aaron, start Devontae, start Herder at the one and two, and you bring De'Aaron off the bench. But that's gonna be a you hard mean, pill you, to mean, swallow. You,
2: mean De- you mean Davion? Davion, excuse me. Right. Um, yes, I, I would
7: bring De'Aaron off the bench. Most people will not agree with that. But I think no. that would be a different spark because he changes the way the game plays. He's quicker. Yeah, that He moves. And, you know, Jeff brought up um, Bobby Jackson, right? And he's yep. talking about Bobby's coaching. And Bobby was an assistant coach with the Kings, by the yes, way. Yes, he was. But, you know, like it, Bobby was that spark. He was the leader of that second unit. And I think that would be a good role for De'Aaron. doesn't mean – that you're not going to get more minutes than the starter. I, I just think you need that
2: change of pace and the way
7: he plays the pace changes.
2: Yeah. You know what? I mean, again, in a perfect world, if you did that, you're probably right. Uh, but you're not taking your $30 million franchise, quote unquote franchise player, which he's not. And, and, Bringing them off the bench and starting davion mitchell but that would be pretty damn interesting that's for sure no question about that but i, I just don't i don't see that as being a possibility but you're right in a perfect world you know if we t- start we're, we're putting egos aside and we're putting contracts aside and we're not dealing with any of that you probably hit a home run right there Probably correct
7: no i appreciate that grant hey uh last question uh, uh by the way uh let me get to this the picks i am sorry guys i've been a little bit tied up today so um, I will release them on Twitter, uh, Grant. I don't know if you're willing to retweet them, but I will get to yes, those. Sure. Okay, perfect. I will get to those later this afternoon. What do you think about that 49ers defense last night?
2: I think it's the best in the National Football League on what I've seen through one month of the season. I don't know whose defense I would put above that. I've, to me, when I analyze the defense, there are two things I look at. I look at, can you get to the quarterback, checkmark 49ers, and are your defensive backs able to close? Uh, and I give a check mark there. Those are two columns that I like, and I haven't even gotten to the linebackers yet. Right. And the linebackers are really, really good. That they don't have any weaknesses on their defense. Their defense to me is the best in the NFL. Which is when when I say that, it's remarkable to me that that defense that we all watched last night lost. the chicago bears think about that for a minute
7: well grant it's also the first game of the season as well i know i know know. but still, come on now and well grant but it, it to me i've said it a million times i know you don't always agree the first week of the nfl season is the first week of the preseason that, that's exactly what it is. It's guys getting their feet under them. And, you know, you, you're talking about guys that are not taking a ton of reps in the preseason. And this is their opportunity. And you get thrown into that where it's the regular season. And guess what? Things like that happen. That's why the first week is the most
2: unpredictable week. But Yeah, yeah. the first week is. Yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. But, but, but here's the bottom line. The 49ers now have an opportunity to climb up the ladder with road games coming up at carolina and Atlanta, there is absolutely no i don't care who your left tackle is i don't care your defense alone your defense alone should be able to win both those games it kind of the the way they play and
7: i agree with you grant that they should be able to win both of those games but the way that they play reminds me and i Hate to say it, you you know I don't like the 49ers, but it reminds me of the Legion of Boom. They've got they've got quickness. They play quick off the ball. They've got great linebackers, which you didn't touch yep. on, and it it that that defense alone could carry you very far into the
2: playoffs, if not to a championship. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree, and that's why I picked the 49ers, uh, even after they lost. Week one and one week two, I did a rant that I thought they were going to win the division after two games because Jim McGarrahan was going to be a quarterback and I know how good their defense is. Nothing has changed. I still think that they are going to win the division.
7: Well, they're they're in damn good shape to win the division at this point, especially after win or a win over the Rams last night. So,
2: um, not only that, not not only that, but they're 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 two and two, but they're two and zero oh within the division. And they're the only team in the division that doesn't have a loss within their division. The Rams obviously lost last night. Arizona and Seattle are both on one in the division. And the, the, the division wins, as you well know, those are yep. super important. So the Niners, that's why the Niners are technically in first place, even though four teams are 2-2. Two and two. The reason why, if you look at the standings, the Niners are 2-2 two and two and they have them first is because their divisional record is 2-0. and oh. So we'll see. Yep. They, there's a long way to go. Injuries can – Change everything in a hurry, but I like the I like the Niners. And who would have thought? You know, we haven't even talked about the Rams defense with all of their Mm. studs, but their defense doesn't look anywhere near as good as the 49ers defense.
7: They don't look like Grant. They don't look like a cohesive unit to me. No, they don't.
2: Yep, I would agree. Yep. So I I
7: I think that's the problem. You've got a lot of not. I'm not going to say personalities, but you you've got a lot of people on paper that you look at and you say, oh that that's a top 10 defender in the league, but you got to find the right way to mix them together. And that's actually a surprise to me because Sean McVay, I mean, he's his font. The guy remembers every single play that they've called since yep. his head coaching career started with the Rams. Yep. Um, but you know, like it, it, they're just not functioning well together. So.
2: All right, man. we we'll look forward to tomorrow. Uh, have a good evening. Thanks very much. Can't wait, Grant. chumba no by law. 18 plus. Apply. See website for details. All right, we're talking about tomorrow my YouTube live uh, show. Tomorrow Jerry Reynolds will be joining me at three o'clock Pacific, then Ryan in Sacktown after that. Friday, Sean Salisbury will get you ready for the college and the NFL weekend. We'll also talk about uh, the game Thursday night, Thursday night football this week, which is a biggie. So Sean and I will break all of that down. But tomorrow, the one and only Jerry Reynolds, and then I'll be back right here on Listen App at 4 o'clock. All right? We got a little bit of baseball we're going to be mixing in. Hard to believe that the playoffs are about ready to begin. And I, I, just for the record, and I've been saying this, I, the Yankees are one win away from 100 wins. 100 wins is the benchmark for a great season. In baseball, Atlanta's got 100 wins. The Dodgers have 110 wins. The Astros have 104 wins. If you win 100 games in a baseball season, that's considered a great season, all right? That's the benchmark. The Yankees are going to have 100 wins, probably. shouldn't say they probably. I would not be surprised if they lose in their first round. I would not shock me, would not surprise me. At all. Meanwhile, if you look at the National League, I mean, the Dodgers have 110 wins. And there's absolutely... Can you imagine being a Dodgers fan and this team not making it to the World Series this year? You know, the Atlanta Braves are are a team, as the Dodgers full well know from last year, the Mets, to me right now, they have lost their mojo But when you look at their pitching staff, you're like, okay, well, but there's something not right right now going on with the Mets. And then, you know, you look at the Cardinals and no one ever really talks about them, but it just seems like every year when you look at the standings, they're right there. And they only have 92 wins, but they're a pesky ball club. Then in the American League, to me, the Astros are the class. And the Yankees, to me, they're going to have a difficult time winning their first round. You got Toronto and Seattle in the wild card this weekend. Going to be interesting to see how that works. All right. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, if you don't like that with Grant Napier, my YouTube show, followed by Listen App right here. So we got a lot of things we're going to talk about. But let's get to John right here on Listen App. What's going on, John? How are you? Man, Grant, I'm good. I just
1: – landed in beautiful downtown cleveland ohio
2: wow again you're the only person i've ever met <laughs> in my 63 years on the planet that goes to ohio for vacation but you know teach their own john
1: hey trust me grant this was not by my own design this is my, <laughs> family, my family's uh, my wife's family's reunion and who okay, am I to say no, you know? When you get lemons, I what know. do you do? You make lemonade. <laughs> you don't throw them out the window. <laughs> I, just wanted, I, well. just to, I, I just wanted to call in, man. I didn't get to listen to the, the YouTube live show today. I'll stream it, though, and hopefully I'll be able to get in a call later on this week and get some picks in. Not that my picks have been really extravagant. They're getting a little better and a little better, like you and Ryan were talking about. You know, the earlier in the season, the more difficult it is to pick them, and they seem to be getting a little more – a little easier to see and you know defense is the thing you get like you guys were talking yep. about San Francisco's defense. hey man they are great and not to toot my own horn but my cowboys get after the quarterback as good as anybody yep. in the league do so man it's a fun yep. season ramping up fun season ramping up and like you yeah, saying, by the way good real, good. Real,
2: well, well real quickly just so i don't uh, you're not going crazy my youtube live show right now is just mondays wednesdays and fridays so don't look for today's show there isn't oh. a show today. So tomorrow I've got Jerry Reynolds on. All right. So tomorrow will be my next show with Jerry Reynolds.
1: I was mistaken. I thought you were doing that every day, just like this. Yeah. this snap- okay. No problem. Cool. No problem. I'm glad okay. miss- I will. Cool. And as for what you were just talking about baseball, I'm the one Dodger fan around here and man, I will be upset if they don't at least, you know, make it there, make it to the big show. But you know what, Grant, it's the same thing. He- you either make it or you don't. And almost every year when you've got a high payroll, like my team, your team, I mean, the Red Sox, yep. not all three of those teams are going to make it. So someone's going to be disappointed. And Houston. Houston John, nobody can take Houston out of it.
2: You're right. You're absolutely right, man. Hey, I hope you have a really good time uh, in Ohio. Stay safe, buddy, and keep me posted on what you're doing, all right? I will.
1: We're going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tomorrow, though, Grant so enjoy i think we
2: be doing that
1: instead of, instead of the zoo but thanks for taking my call and i will talk to you
2: for long sounds good But take care bye-bye Bye. all right let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on listen app, and uh, we say a good afternoon to amy hey amy how are you
5: i'm good grant how are you today
2: i'm well thank you very much for calling what can i do for you
5: Hey, I just wanted to let you know, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, University of Oklahoma and that they had a soft schedule in the beginning, and man, you were right, because their last two games, they have just stunk oh, back.
2: Yes, they have. Yes, they have. It's been, I think, It's. I th- I know, can I, can I blame you for that? Did you jinx them by calling <laughs> my show? And-
5: probably so, probably so. But I did want to make sure that I uh, that I let John know, hopefully he's still listening, that there are a lot of alumni, college, college alumni groups that meet at Clubhouse 56 in Sacramento on Saturday. So when he's in town, he can come by Clubhouse 56 and catch a lot of the college games. They tend to have a lot of them, um, a lot of the big colleges there and they put them on their big screen and whatnot. And a lot of the alumni groups meet there. So in fact, we're watching the OU uh, Texas game Unfortunately, it's 9 a.m., but they do serve breakfast there. So that's a good thing. Nothing like uh, breakfast at Bloody Mary, right?
2: Yep. Well, he is listening. So he's got the information uh, because I still see him on the app. So I'm sure he appreciates that information, Amy. Thank you.
5: Awesome, and then the only other thing I was going to say, um, I know Ryan said he's not going to do the picks. Hopefully, he got mine because I had to tweet him and not send him a message because he doesn't allow messages on his uh, Twitter account. So- if you
2: send him on, if you send him a tweet, I can guarantee you that he saw it. All right, so you should be good. If not, we'll go, he'll go back and look at it. You'll be good. So don't even worry about it.
5: Yeah, and I'm not getting any better as it, as the weeks go on. By the way, I think John, um, it, it that's good for him, but not for me, because I seem I think I stumped this week. <laughs> well, the good
2: the it's good news is it's the good news is you have the rest of October, you have all of November, and you have December, and you have the first uh, Sunday in January. So you still have you still have a chance to climb up in the standings, Amy.
5: You got it. You got it. well. Thanks, Grant. Hope you have a nice uh, rest of your evening.
2: Thank you. You too. You take care now. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get to Ryan back with us. Uh, Go ahead, Ryan. You want to chime in on that?
7: Yeah, I'm breaking the rule here. I'm sorry. Coming on two times. Uh, Amy, have your picks, 100%. So uh, no worries there. John, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, make sure that you go to the ATM before you go because they have the best food trucks that I have ever had in my life. So hit the ATM, brother, and have fun. But, yeah, Cleveland's a little bit weird to vacation.
2: Uh, yeah, well, you know, he didn't have a choice. He made that very clear. You got to do – sometimes you got to take one for the team, you know?
7: Happy wife, happy life. That's, that's what
2: there you, you go, Yeah,
7: You know that. Okay, I'm out. Talk to you guys soon.
2: Yep, see you. All right, so uh, that wraps up our show for today. Again, don't forget to join me tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, my YouTube live show, if you don't like that with Grant Napier, Jerry Reynolds will be my guest. Can't wait for that. Then we're back here. Open form Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Also, our fantasy football roundtable all coming your way on a busy Wednesday. That's tomorrow. All right. Thanks for all the calls today. Appreciate all the feedback. Really good calls. Good dialogue. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Doubleheader tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Pacific here on Listen App. So until then, Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty.